0: Haunted UK Podcast is recorded and mixed in stereo. Listening through an environment such as stereo speakers or headphones will ensure you get the best experience. Let me quickly tell you about our official podcast sponsor, CDS Print and Design. CDS is a family-run company who offer great prices and great products such as printed T-shirts, hoodies, canvases, coasters, placemats, stickers, banners, signage and much, much more. For more information or for a free no-obligation quote, email Colin or Debbie at cdsprintanddesign at gmail.com. You can also find CDS Print and Design on Facebook and Instagram. This is Season 2 of the Haunted UK Podcast, and in this season we're going to cast our net far and wide to tell stories of UFOs, unsolved mysteries, strange creatures unexplained disappearances, as well as further tales of ghosts, poltergeists, and haunted locations. So let's dive in. To see a ghost, or to experience the fear and absolute terror that a poltergeist can instill, is a very rare occurrence. It's also extremely rare for more than one person to witness one of these events. But what if a story existed that combined not only ghosts, poltergeists and paranormal events, but also a whole party of guests who witnessed everything? Well, there is such a story, and we're going to tell that story in this episode. This is episode 11 of the Haunted UK podcast, and the first of season 2. And in this episode, we're going to Venice, Italy, and to the Palazzo Albrizzi. It's 1994, and Karen Keeling is in Venice, Italy. She was sent there by her employer of 17 years, Lady Carol Bamford... Find the perfect setting which could be hired for a gathering of friends and family as the base for a 10 day holiday to celebrate the birthday of artist Hugo Guinness. Karen took an appointment to view the Palazzo Albrizzi, which was a Venetian palace in the heart of the city. Its crumbling facade but architectural beauty was instantly attractive to her, but the inside of the palace was even more striking. Amazing works of art hung on the walls, as well as many examples of ancient weapons of war. The rooms were absolutely stunning and the palace easily had enough space to accommodate all of the guests that were expected to attend the holiday. The palazzo was bought in the 17th century by the Albrizzi family, who still own the palace today. At the time of its purchase, it was considered to be one of the finest examples of its kind ...and held many high-profile functions and banquets. But behind its beauty and its hypnotic charm lay a very dark and violent past. Karen took a phone call from Lady Bamford to talk about the possible locations for the planned gathering... ...and was easily convinced and won over by the Palazzo Albrizzi. Arrangements were made and the decision was finalised this stunning Venetian palace would take centre stage for the forthcoming celebrations. A couple of days before the guests were due to arrive, Karen Keeling, along with Lady Bamford's chauffeur, Sean Mullen, travelled ahead to prepare the palazzo and its staff for its imminent visitors. Rooms were redressed, tables were set, and with the help of a dedicated butler, Gastano Burigama, menus were drawn up and finalised. Karen noted and mentioned to Sean that the dining room seemed much colder than any other room in the palazzo. But Sean shrugged it off by commenting that the palace would soon warm up when the guests started to arrive. But before this, they had another problem to solve first. Lady Bamford had a particular liking to a certain type of chocolate treat. These hard chocolates were approximately the size of the average thumb tip and were wrapped in a silver and gold foil. Lady Bamford always had a bowl of these chocolates, not only at home, but whenever she was away. Karen and Sean searched for hours and eventually found a shop that supplied the chocolates. Everything was now complete and ready for the guests. A few hours later, they began to arrive. Host Lady Carol Bamford was joined by both her daughter, Alice Bamford, and her friend, Caroline Wellesley. TV and movie star Joan Collins was next to arrive, along with her friend Robin Holston, and they were closely followed by Hugo Guinness, who was the subject of this gathering as it was his birthday. Joan Collins and Robin Holston were the next people to comment about the extreme drop in temperature as they entered the palace. It was September and very warm in Venice, so it wasn't expected to be so cold inside. To kick the holiday off to a good start, the guests assembled in the dining room for a dinner party. Champagne flowed and conversation was full and friendly, but cold spots continued to make the guests feel a little uneasy. With the evening soon over, the guests all went to bed and left the staff to clean up and get prepared for breakfast before going to bed themselves. Morning came, and it was evidently clear that almost all of the guests hadn't slept well at all. Restless sleep, and nightmares had left many feeling tired and spooked. In the kitchen, Butler Costano Burigama was working with the cook who had been at the Palazzo Albrizzi for many years. She was horrified when a large black moth entered the kitchen while she was cooking breakfast. This had particular significance as it was believed to be an omen that indicated the presence of spirits. Back upstairs and things were going from bad to worse. Chauffeur Sean Mullen made his way into the dining room to check that the dining table had been made ready for breakfast. He entered the room and walked towards the dining table when he was stopped dead in his tracks. In front of him... ...was the fully formed but slightly transparent apparition of a woman in period dress. This woman was identical in both looks and dress to the portrait of the figure... ...in the large painting hanging on the wall behind her. Sean's breathing became heavy and panicked... ...as he watched her take four or five steps towards him... ...then turn 90 degrees and walk straight through the wall... Sean is the first to admit that he has never seen a ghost before this incident and didn't have any belief in the paranormal whatsoever, but this was something that happened right in front of him. Frightened and confused, Sean ran out of the dining room to find Karen Keeling, who was downstairs making notes for the evening's events. She was shocked to see him so distressed and asked if he was okay. When he told her that he thought he had just seen a ghost, she began laughing thinking that it was some sort of prank. That was until she realised that he was being deadly serious. As she got up to follow Sean back to the dining room, Butler Gastano Burigama and the cook appeared, both also looking flustered. Gastano, completely out of the blue, asked if someone had just seen a ghost. Karen told Gastano that Sean had just thought he had seen something in the dining room, and that's where they were both going to now. Asking how Gastano knew something had happened, Karen was told by the cook about the large black moth that had flown into the kitchen downstairs, as well as its significance and meaning in their folklore. This was late September, and not the season for moths, so this made its ominous appearance even more unusual. She then told Sean and Karen the tale of the Contessa, who was the woman in the painting in the dining room. Around 400 years ago, The husband of the Contessa was unable to have children, so she decided to take a lover. Rumours of the affair became rampant around Venice, and it wasn't long before her husband became aware that something was going on. One evening, after a tip-off, he burst into the dining room, which back then would have been their master bedroom, to find the Contessa and her lover in the throes of passion. In a fit of anger and utter rage, the Contessa's husband, beheaded her with his sword and then killed her lover. Shocked by this story and the violent end to the Contessa's life, Sean was then even more convinced that he had indeed seen her ghost in the dining room. Karen felt that she needed to make all of the guests aware of Sean's sighting and the story of the Contessa. So instead of going to the dining room, she assembled all of the guests along with Sean, Gastano and the cook in one of the lounges. The guests listened intently as Karen relayed to them the events that had unfolded, but they all felt that it shouldn't have any impact or affect their holiday at all. The guests then left for the day for a sightseeing trip which had been organised by Karen. While they were away, Karen and Sean decided to go into the city to stock up on supplies for the evening's meal courses, leaving Gastano alone in the palazzo as the cook had gone home for a few hours as well. The trip was a huge success, with the guests enjoying museums, art galleries and the stunning architecture and beauty of Venice. When Karen and Sean returned to the Albritzi, they were greeted by a very nervous and frightened Gastano. On the way up to the dining room, Gastano described to them that he had had the creepy feeling that something or someone had been watching him all day, and that when he went into the dining room to begin dressing the table... He found silver and gold chocolates from the bowl on the table, on the floor, laid out in the shape of a large S. He swore that he had been the only one in the dining room all day, and that he had only been up there once, and that was when he had found the chocolates on the floor. The three agreed to clean up the chocolates and not mention this to anyone else unless absolutely necessary. The guests returned to get changed and then it was off by water taxi to Harry's bar for drinks before their evening meal. Sean Mullen was making his way to one of the lounges when as he approached the staircase, a shadow of the top half of a figure appeared on the wall. He immediately went to find Karen to show her what he had seen. The figure appeared again when Karen stood in the same place as Sean, but as she moved forward, the shadow disappeared. It turned out to be a trick of the light. Karen decided to use this opportunity to try to put everyone's mind at rest, that there really wasn't anything to worry about. As the guests were returning from Harry's bar, all of them began experiencing feelings of dread and anxiety as they neared the palazzo, and this was only the beginning of a real nightmare. The worst thunderstorm in nearly a decade began to hit Venice, and this knocked out the power in the palace, leaving the whole place in darkness and ruining the majority of the food that had been prepared for that evening. The staff greeted the guests as they rushed into the palazzo to get out of the storm and they were told of the power cut and the disruption to the evening's meal. They all agreed to, first and foremost, get some sort of lighting sorted out then to just pick up what was left to eat. Gastano and the cook were given the rest of the night off and asked to come back in the morning to help out with breakfast. Sean and Robin Holston gathered all of the candles and candle holders together, lit them all and spaced them around some of the rooms to help everyone find their way around. Next, they went off to try and find as many torches as possible. In the meantime, the rest of the staff and guests gathered in one of the lounges and made conversation, trying desperately to lighten the mood. Sean and Robin made their way to the dining room and began searching through drawers and cupboards for torches, when Sean, inexplicably, had the urge to look back up at the portrait of the Contessa. As soon as he locked eyes with hers, he began to sob uncontrollably, falling to his knees and then collapsing entirely. Robin immediately sat Sean upright and, after making sure he was all right, got him to his feet and then led him out of the room back to the lounge. The storm was getting more fierce and louder, and this was magnifying an already eerie situation. As Sean and Robin entered the lounge, everyone could see that they had been badly spooked by something. Both men were very pale and had trouble describing to the rest of the group what had just happened. Hugo Guinness had finally had enough, and said that he was going to find out what was going on once and for all. As he left the lounge and headed for the dining room, the whole group followed. They gathered in front of the portrait of the Contessa and then Hugo asked Sean and Robin to show him what had happened. Sean said that he was looking through the drawers under the painting when he looked up at the Contessa and as Sean looked up again, the same thing happened, only this time, much worse. Sean was again brought to his knees, then collapsed, this time clutching his chest and breathing heavily. The whole group were now extremely frightened. A number of them pulled Sean out of the room and asked if he was okay. He described to them all that, as he looked into the eyes of the portrait, a tremendous pressure began to build all around him, quickly becoming so intense and powerful that it felt like he was being pushed into the ground. They all agreed to get down to the water taxi jetty and to try and get a ride away from the Palazzo albrizzi maybe to a hotel. As everyone gathered downstairs, Robin and Hugo decided to go around every room, put out the candles and gather any personal belongings that may be needed for the night. As they were checking the lower floor, they heard three loud bangs coming from the kitchen. As the two men entered the kitchen, they were panicked even more by the sight of three chef's knives which were stuck into a large chopping board which was hanging on the far wall. All three knives were still moving as if they'd just been thrown They quickly rejoined the group, deciding not to tell the rest of the party what had just happened. As the storm passed, the guests along with Karen and Sean were picked up by water taxi in the early hours and taken to a hotel where they spent the rest of the night. The following morning, Gastano and the cook turned up for duty as usual, but were greeted by Karen who told them that their services were no longer needed, as the guests, herself and Sean, would be leaving later that day. Gastano asked why, and when Karen told him what had happened the previous night, he immediately called for the cook. She told Karen and Sean, who had turned up to help pack and clean up, that they weren't the first guests to leave because of strange unexplained sightings and paranormal activity. Ten years previously, a guest who was part of a group who hired the Palazzo Albrizzi was found at around three o'clock in the morning sobbing uncontrollably and kneeling in front of the Contessa's portrait. He was praying, saying the same prayers over and over again. The guest was so frightened and affected by his experience that he packed his belongings and left in the morning never to return to the palace again. The cook then made an extraordinary request. She said that all of the guests and staff should return to the Palazzo Albritzi ...and apologise to the Contessa in the painting in the dining room. This would hopefully settle the spirit of the Contessa and return peace to the Albritzi. Amazingly, all of the guests agreed to return and one by one they lined up outside the dining room. They each took their turn to stand in front of the painting and say sorry to the Contessa for using her room without her blessing... Joan Collins in particular understood the importance behind these beliefs, as being an actress, she revealed that many professionals in the business were very superstitious. Butler Gastano Burigama went on record saying that he has worked for some of the best chefs in the world at some of the most beautiful locations in the world, but had never been asked to apologise to a painting to calm the spirits which were haunting a building. But he fully believed it. Karen Keeling and Sean Mullen were so affected by their experiences that they sought help from the church. They each received blessings from their local vicars, and it was only after this that their nightmares subsided. Joan Collins decided to write a book, loosely based on the events that she and all of the guests and staff experienced over their two days in the Palazzo Albrizzi. To open Season 2 of the Haunted UK podcast, I don't think we could have found a better story. This whole incident has everything in it. Apparitions, poltergeist activity, paranormal events which physically affected those who witnessed them, an ominous dark presence, and most important of all, multiple witnesses. Whatever it was that happened to those guests in the Venetian palace of the Palazzo Albrizzi. What cannot be denied is that they were all personally affected by various elements of the paranormal. All of these people, from all walks of life, could only last two days before being driven out by the forces that have found themselves welded to that house. Maybe for eternity. Venice has the reputation of being one of the most romantic and beautiful cities in the world, but it's also one of the most haunted. So if you find yourself in Venice, enjoying the sights and architecture of this amazing city, and you take a tour around an old Venetian palace, just keep your wits about you. Because the next person to experience something paranormal could be you. Well, we've come to the end of this episode of the Haunted UK podcast. But before I go, I'd like to give a few shout outs. And the first one is to all of you, the listeners. Thank you so much for following, subscribing and listening. None of this would be possible without all of you. The show is available on all major platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts and Radio Public. Wherever possible, leaving a positive five-star review helps the show in many ways. Listener figures are rising rapidly, and that's all down to you. So a huge thanks to you all. Another shout-out goes to the show's sponsor, CDS Print & Design, who have been kind enough to come back for a second season. Huge thanks to both Colin and Debbie. This next shout-out goes to some amazing podcasts out there, which, if you're looking for fantastic content and shows that will keep you engaged for episode after episode then these will definitely keep you entertained for hours. These podcasts are... Red-Handed, Astonishing Legends, The Strange Sessions, The Salty Speculation Podcast, Fool and Scholar Productions Podcasts, Pineapple Pizza Podcast, Killing, Missing, Hidden, The Haunted Housewives, Keep It Weird, The Mystery of Life Podcast, and from the Parcast Network, which is now exclusively only on Spotify... Conspiracy theories, extraterrestrial, gone, and unexplained mysteries. Next up is a request to all you listeners out there. Have you seen a ghost, witnessed poltergeist activity, had a strange, unexplained paranormal experience? Have you ever stayed in a haunted location, or experienced something frightening on a ghost tour? Even better, do you live or work in a haunted house or building? Have you encountered or seen a UFO? Heard a story about an unsolved disappearance or mystery? Or have you been lucky enough to witness a strange, unknown creature? If you have, then your story could feature on Season 2's Listener Stories finale episode. Simply type up your story and email it to Podcast at hotmail.com. That's Podcast at hotmail.com. It's easy to do, and if you like, you can remain anonymous. Huge thanks in advance to you all. Besides writing, recording, mixing and mastering this podcast, I also run a mixing and mastering studio called Pink Flamingo Music Productions. If you have a podcast or piece of music that you'd like mixing, mastering or both, or if you'd like a piece of finished music written for a project that you're working on, then please email the studio with details of your inquiry to pinkflamingo.musicproductions at hotmail.com. That's pinkflamingo.musicproductions at hotmail.com. It's nowhere near as expensive as you'd think. This podcast was recorded at Pink Flamingo Music Production Studio in Hales Owen in the West Midlands, England. For a full list of research sources that helped immensely with the content of this episode, please refer to the show's notes. Thank you all so much again for listening, and we'll be back very soon with another episode. Until then, stay safe and take care.